Now Alingi let go on the outside, going with her solar antiquity, but not for long. Alingi's cruised up and taken the lead in the Robert Sangster Stakes, and Oliver has not moved on Alingi. She is a class above these. Glamour Puss is charging to second from solar antiquity, but Alingi a soft win in the Robert Sangster Stakes at Group 1 level. At the 250, Nolan's got a stranglehold on Black Caviar. She looks at the 30,000 strong crowd and says, geez, I'm good. No, I'm not good. I'm the best you've ever seen in the world. Black Caviar, she's better than a perfect 10. She comes on. She's 20 out of 20. Black Caviar, points. It's on the inside, Tycoon Tara going with it on the outside. Gregor's Miracles of Life late in front. Gregor's near the line. Miracles of Life dive got up. The point size man got up the score. What a cracking Instant celebrity with a turn of acceleration exploded to the lead and she'll take the tap classic brilliantly. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for getting our preview of Sangster Stakes Day in Morphville. Looks like a cracking race, the main one, and a good card supporting it as well. As we heard there in the intro, had some fantastic winners this race, including the Immortal Black Caviar, and uh, this has come up very well. You're going to need a high-class performance to win, and as we say that, we say good morning to Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. How are we on this super day? Wow, mate. Exploding out of the, out of the barriers. It's uh, 6, 6 a.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time, so all our information we give across as of now will be correct and of course uh, if you're getting this you're going to get the updated podcast tomorrow because there is a little bit of rain around so that's obviously uh, going to be part of your thinking for tomorrow. Of course, of course it plays a role but the good part about Morphaville is if YR are on point and the rain comes along during the course of the day and we have a nice reasonably clear day tomorrow, that track usually dries. Yep. So therefore... Whatever the condition is when they put it up in the beginning, that'll be the worst we're going to get. And it's a very wide straight, so there's a lot a lot to work with as well. Well, on that point, so with the rail out three metres, you expecting the lanes to be in play? I feel that the lanes definitely will come into play, particularly with the bigger fields. But even the, the, the smaller fields, it's not that hard to come round that turn, be three or four off the fence, and then you can just imagine you're already in lane six, seven, Another few more. You're in 10, 11, 12, and that's the money lane. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I was looking at a race uh, of this of this from, I think, four years ago, or maybe five years ago, when Shoals won, and that was the travel later down the outside. It was like a Kenzo track. So uh, there are circumstances where, where the lanes can uh, be very dominant, but, of course, that depends on race shape. So let's start with the uh, with the Sangster Stakes, obviously. And uh, speaking of race shape, how are you expecting this early speed? Okay. Looking at the uh, early profile of the race, the indicators are, are pointing to half a length above benchmark on the low to plus three to five maximum on the high. So big possibility we're probably travelling around plus three. Yep. Not not sure whether we'll get to five. I guess that's just going to be determined on how much 
rain actually does fall today and if any or not tomorrow. But the reality is I feel that with Marabi there and a bit of a layoff there, we should be looking at around plus three. So she didn't really turn up in the lightning, but since that 77 days, it's been hard to obviously track her jump outs because two of them were fog bound. But that tells you three jump outs uh, and only 77 days break. She's going to come come to play and come at a pretty fast speed. I have no doubt about that. And we know how good the stable is at pinpointing particular races. Everything sort of does give that indication that this horse is tilted for a big first up run. Even off that one run, that it had like after 300, what was it, 330 days yeah, off, Ralphie? Amazing. I mean, it still virtually scored a benchmark performance, and we know the horse's fast period. Now, I don't know exactly why it got turned out after that, but the reality is I felt that that would have been all the grounding conditions for this horse as the position I'm taking to be ready, and they must have had a plan saying, okay, we've got the horse right, and this is what I'm, I'm hoping, yep. and let's target this. That's well, our what, opener. Sure. Um, what what could occur is, and I suppose that's why you're saying up to up to you know three to five and probably three is that inside Marabi are two other fast horses, and you can really see this in your early edition of Race Speed Profiles: Passive Aggressive and Serious. They'll want to take a position, and and Bella Nipotina will want to uh, also make Marabi work across her. Of course, and this is what gives us that sort of level of good speed. You know, yep. really good speed. It's not going to be. Oh, well, look, I mean, nothing's impossible. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not possible to get to plus five. But, you know, if we get to that range, well, then they're definitely not planning on Marabi winning. <laughs> Absolutely. So IVR forecast plus 2.8. That, that's a that's a good standard group one. I dare say it's a bit conservative. And the reason is I saw uh, a quote from, uh, I think it was Levi Kavanagh, who's got uh, Serides in the race, that this is one of, one of the strongest uh, Sangster stakes uh that have been going around, and that's not a cliche because there's there's uh, three or four horses been to who really can test that plus four range. There is, and I guess that the big challenge is now who's been targeted and who really hasn't been targeted. I mean, Balanipatina is now sort of travelling all around Australia, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this horse has come back and whether it's been able to handle the trip because I, I felt that this horse handled itself really well at Ascot as well, and it was you know big money up up for grabs not saying that's the end of the campaign i mean not with this stable <laughs> you reckon they go all right <laughs> yeah they do they do and so respect is always there but i can't help but feel marabi's the target though right really well i just feel that yeah, yeah. i mean because okay. when, when i yeah because when i look at bella nipotina ralphie there's no doubt this horse peaked at ascot 3.4. It's like line ball to the 3.6 profile. Now, it doesn't have to run to that level to, to you know, get on the podium, right? It can yep. probably perform half a length to one length below that and still be extremely competitive. So that's the, like, edge that it gets. But if the horse regresses back, and I'm taking a position, possibly one length maximum, yep. that would sort of then... Definitely open up the race for all the other horses. So if the, if the rain is significantly affecting, I mean, she's good wet or dry, I suppose, is where I'm getting to. She was dominant at Manicato, and that was the 3.6 lengths above benchmark. 100%. There's yep. no question with this particular runner being able to handle. I'm reasonably confident that the horse, if we're talking ground conditions, even if they got 
let, let's say they they were heavy eight, heavy nine. The horse has still got a pretty rock solid WTI that sits in the mid four range, which is a pass mark. But if it's slow seven, slow six, Ralphie, it's got a plus eight to its name. Yeah. So that's probably a bit of an edge on the majority of runners here. So that's an advantage. And I do feel they'll be hoping for that slightly softer speed because I also believe that helps the horse. And this is the reason why at the moment I've sort of got it on to- on the top of the totem pole because I, I want to make sure that I've got the classics horse on top right sure. now. All right, well, let's dig a bit deeper with Marabi, given what you said. Um, she was she won her first seven starts, and one of those was on soft ground at Mooney Valley where she was dominant, and it was over 1,200 metres. Her first three wins were actually over 1,200. So maybe uh, just a bit more about the either-or profile for her on soft ground at 1,200 compared to maybe if it's on the better side of, uh, of the soft range. Well, here's my view. If we're S7H8, yep. I'd probably start feeling a little bit negative. Yep. Only because, not because, you're right, not because the horse can't handle given the ground. Rock solid WTI plus seven, Ralphie, which gives me a lot of confidence. Now, mind you, that is the S5 range, S6 range. But still, that's solid. And I have no doubt if we're in that range, I'm comfortable the horse can handle it and won't be overtaxed You know, from how battle-ready you need to be. If it's H8, even if you're running plus two, plus three, Ralphie, through that first critical 400, it's extremely taxing. And then I would see that as a negative, right? And yep. right now, subject till tomorrow morning, I've marked the horse sort of mid-range figure of about 1.5, 1.6 range, knowing that the class of the horse is every bit as good as Ballot and Nipotina around that 3.3, 3.4 range. So passive aggressive is likely to be right behind it. Uh, the money came for it. It was funny on our uh, on our Sydney podcast uh, last Monday. We, we touched on this that the big stable is almost a mini Mar Eustace one when the money's on on point. Beat Eduardo first up and then sank in that those bottomless conditions and whatever's going to happen tomorrow. We're not expecting bottomless uh, in that TJ Smith. Uh, since had a fog bound trial, so obviously you couldn't get much of it on the clock no. there. But what you, what are you expecting there? Oh, all po- all all pointers are very solid, Ralphie. I mean, that's the reality when I sort of sit back and even if we look at the wet ground scenario, just go and look at that maiden win at Werribee. The track conditions on the raw came up minus 16. Right, okay. <laughs> and the horse produced an 11.3 WTI. So I don't believe we're going to have any issues this horse can handling the wet ground. I just feel that the slight challenge for the horse is how well will it really go at 1,200? Yeah. That, that's, that's the thing. And knowing... There's good tempo up front. You ain't going to have the race on your own up front. You may not even be able to lead, right? Yeah. So it's a different challenge. As far as conditioning and being ready for what could be considered to be, I'm not saying going to be a peaking run, but we're going to find out whether this runner's got the capacity of getting into the plus two range or higher. So Zapateo's next on your most advantage, and Ollie goes back on, who, who won on her at uh, at Caulfield in uh, September, which was on bottomless ground. It was only a small field by, by that stage of the day after all the scratchings that hit on the day. But this is a horse that we really stamped as an emerging uh, as an emerging mare after her two Sydney wins. Uh, Ollie's great career. Gee, if you if you could stamp something, Vince, it's uh, it's it's just stalking the speed and then getting out into the lanes. Yeah, for sure. I mean. He's just riding as well as ever, isn't he? Yeah. he's That's the master for you, I guess. But the reality is this with this horse. 
that profile performance at Randwick last start, that was fantastic, Ralphie. Plus 2.8, best of the day. Conditions of the ground is what I'm anticipating it to most likely be on the weekend in that sort of start kicking off around that S6, F7 range. That's where I feel we're going to kick off. And this horse is, you know, put down and like if you just look at that Randwick run, it was a 5.4 WTI. Even when I get to tracks where they're a bit heavier, the horse still has the capacity of producing somewhere between plus three and plus four. So it's not a, a monster mud run or anything like that, but handles the ground. And if we're drawing, I'm sort of marking this horse as most likely the one to beat Ralphie. Nice. At a good price. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she's really got that profile that we say so many times that sometimes those fillies into mares when they when they keep improving that don't put a ceiling on them because they can keep going as an older horse. Yeah, and I love the fact that they uh, jumped it out of Flemington. Yeah, just it's one. Okay, we are going to South Australia, right? But this is something that works very well for them as a team. Well, you got Reg Fleming, the master. master yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. So there's, uh, so there's Apateo, and uh, on a rough map, I did. It seems like that's the case on your uh, on your early edition race speed profiles. Right behind Ollie will probably be another master, Craig Williams, on uh, September run. And this is a mare that, uh, gee, if the ground's drying and, and she can she can bring back her uh, probably a Philly Philly's days, which was high class in the plus four range, uh, she's going to take holding out out wide. I, I really feel. That she's back. Yep. You know, in a, in a pretty serious way. We just got to look at that Flemington run first up. That was the big signal, Ralphie. 2.7, fifth best of the day. Loved the way the horse closed. Almost benchmark and above all the way through each section. But very strong last overall 400 with a plus 3.5. I have no doubt. You see what happened, you know, like that Flemington 1200. That was like murderous. <laughs> and there's no way as good as... Waller could be from a stable point of view. He wasn't going to have that horse like ready for a big battle like that. I mean, have a look at it. Went 2.5 above benchmark first section, plus 5.6 in the mid, and then just fell apart. But that also, even though the, the margin was eight lengths, the reality is to be able to put those two sections together, you go through a history, she's never gone better other than the last 400, where you're entitled to just completely blow up, Ralphie. And there was a little bit of proof at the subsequent start at Mooney Valley, even though it wasn't to the same magnitude, but it rebounded, got itself above benchmark, also jumped out of Flemington, Ralphie. This is it. I, I feel this horse must be very close to its absolute peak, if not peaking, this weekend. And there's another run I'm giving a ton of respect. Of course, I'm with you. If the track's uh, worse than what I'm anticipating, then you have to downgrade its chances. So that jump out, they don't list the jockeys. I'm certain Craig Williams rode it. And Craig, who, uh, who won the William Reed on her March uh, last year, uh, not not this year where she was, as you said, uh, at Mooney Valley, uh, and she was unlucky there. But um, what I like seeing with these gun jockeys, Fids, sometimes they use those uh, jump outs as little tests saying, am I going to ride you in the big race? And... Obviously, he gave her a test, and yep, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> oh, it's, and it's perfect. And it's 43 days means you've got all the all the freshness in your legs, and it's going to be stalking a really good pace. Yep. And you're not going to be wearing all that you know hot energy. You're going to actually be able to breathe and keep your rhythm well in play. And <laughs> he's going to have plenty of the straight to work with too. 
Well, uh, speaking of the straight, a straight specialist who uh, who is silly odds, and, and we're rounding rounding this off because she's twenty six dollars rocking horse now. The, the unfortunate thing with Rockin' Horse, we haven't got a good guide on, her, on anything other than straight runs, but what we can say, oh, sorry, didn't she ran third at Mooney Valley in the, in the yes. group one, is, sorry, is her only, uh, only start since, uh, what she had? She had a 1,000-metre Mooney Valley run and a Randwick bottomless track run. But in general, in Australia, she's been only at Flemington. And the point I wanted to make about that new market run, well, have a look. She was she was 10th, 11th of September run, 12th was Bella Nipotina, all those mares, uh, just got busted open on that ridiculous speed bar, of course, the, the winning winner in secret. But the, the, you can't possibly dismiss her chances because she's obviously a good enough horse at, a, at her best straight performances on this big Morphville track. Yeah, for sure. And then she, this is another classic example, right, of you have a look what that horse did second up. Yeah. 4.4 above through the first section. Actually increased the pace between the 8 and the 400. Not a chance in the world could this horse either, you know, be ready for that sort of brutal pressure and had to drop out and actually didn't drop out as badly as September run if you look at the overall profile. And I looked at the Mooney Valley run. I thought that was a fair performance in terms of rebound. I know they went all the way to rank, but that was a bad move for Alfie going to 1,400. <laughs> let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> it, they were obviously thought, okay, let's try it, because the horse is reasonable in the way it can close, but that was a terrible move, and then got beaten by track conditions as well. So maybe whatever they were trying to achieve didn't come to fruition, but I feel 21 days off, back to 1,200 metres is where this horse belongs, and it's, from a class perspective, right up to this field. There's, there's only what, 0.2, 0.3 separating three or four horses? So it's right up there, and there's no way this horse should be $26. If if it was heavy 10 or heavy 9, I'd say, okay, get it, $20. But if we're on, we're on S7 or better, this horse should be half that price. It should actually be in single-digit odds. That's All why right. I said there's no way I'm leaving it out. Well, let's, let's just round off today because obviously we'll have clarity on the track condition tomorrow, but let's round off today because there's a horse I do want to ask you about. Yep. You've always said drier the better, and actually we spoke about her on Monday. I didn't realise she was going to the Sangston and Espiona 1,200 profile. I guess that's the query because class is not the query. No, class is definitely not the query, but here's the thing about learning about the 1,200 because I, I thought about that as well, Ralphie. When you can show speed through the first two sections like it did at Rose Hill at 1,500, plus 7.3 and plus 4.2. If you actually break that down, you have a look at the horse's first 300, yep. it's comparable to any sprint race. So make no mistake, that was, for me, a clear indicator this horse isn't going to have an issue with 1,200 metres. And it's 56 days off. They've obviously got plans as well. It's had a jump out. That jump out uh, profile, when I look at it, Here's a bit more evidence, Ralphie. 9.1 below benchmark first section, last 400 metres plus one. Like excellent sort of move between pretty much the 600 to the finish line made about a nine-length move. Gives me further confidence that this horse is like in tip-top condition and will be rock-hard fit. And I still feel there'll be some freshness there. Yeah. So it's sort of the one where if the, if the track's on the on the better side, you'll be elevating it. That's all I'm worried about. I do want S5 or better. Yep. 
So right now, I said, look, I'm keeping you behind. You're like on the fringe because you deserve to be there overall because you've got that class capability. I'm very confident you can handle 1,200 metres. If it's if I'm just hoping that it's just going to be clear like they're predicting for Saturday, and this horse will be elevated. All right. We'll uh, obviously talk business tomorrow, and that'll and we'll have clarity on track conditions too, which is going to be vital for us. Let's look at the other features uh, for tomorrow, and we'll start with race four, the McKay Stakes, uh, eleven hundred meter sprint, um, small field, Vince, and uh, and I'm trying to find a leader. It could be the old boy Seven to Excel off the uh, off the Ellis uh, Spring. <laughs> what what is that service that they run there? <laughs> I don't know. Some apparently it's got oil in it. I'm not. No, I don't know. But it's it's definitely. <laughs> Not a track that everybody likes. No, but that's where he started his career, actually. So there you go. And and it's proven that it's 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 always had a level of talent. So whoever found and identified the horse probably did did well in being able to do that. But let, let's just look at this horse come back in sensational fashion, Ralphie. Right off a hundred and eighty two day break, yeah. it was second best performance of the day. It was a below benchmark, but. Mind you, it was minus 1.1. Now, when I go back and look at this horse carefully, A, if I'm measuring on a similar sort of break, I mark the horse, this is the best that's come back. Far superior, forget like what it did on that only run the previous campaign at Moonlee Valley. This is not a horse that likes real wet ground, Ralphie. Yep. But if I go back to, let's go back to 21, where it did a 1.6, off a shorter break, I'd say this horse is trending very similar to that, give or take half a length, because you've got to allow for the extra 60 days in terms of, you know, that's an extra two months off, and the horse did it comfortably the way it won. He says, this is what I look for, Ralphie. First section plus 1.1. Second section plus 1.6 between the eight and the four. I look at the overall last 200 metres, conditioning drop off for 3.2 lengths. Perfect. This, is, this means it's all conditioning and expect a minimum of one to two lengths of improvement, which gets this horse on potential. I didn't score the horse this. I just at the moment keep the baseline minus 1.1 because of the ground condition, right? Yep. If this was, if we were getting closer to a good track, I'd mark it on top. Nice. So General Bow is on top, and yep. probably that that fits that profile of uh, of uh, better second up because it, it did uh, gas out first up. It did gas out first up, and that the evidence is clear there with this horse. So you, you look at the last two hundred meter drop off. Probably the the drop off with this horse started to actually come into play when it got to the around that five hundred meter mark, and you can see the velocity loss from the five hundred to the finish line was around one point five lengths, Ralphie. That's what it. It lost in total. Not too bad given the long break first up 1,100 metres. Not an easy thing to do. And if I sort of compare that to the first up run at the previous campaign at Caulfield over 1,100 metres, that was a far bigger drop-off. So I feel that the stable's got this horse a lot more forward and gets the golden position, most likely camping just off that lead pack. The question mark is, you know, what's your capacity on a wet ground? I don't think it's really good. Now, in, in saying that, with the exception of probably one horse, I don't think it's that good for anybody else either, right? So this yep. is the type of scenario where you can find a horse that's not that good on wet ground getting victory. 
All right, the uh, the fifth race is uh, well, it's a, it's a stakes race for two year olds, but obviously you got a very uh, low forecast there with the uh, with the IVR profile. No, nothing's done anything of note, so we, we can't spend a lot of time there. Uh, did you get a chance to clock the de- the download jump out there at, uh, at Cranbourne? Uh, so race number twelve there, because one of the things with while you're looking that up, it's got a strong SP profile. It's only started. It was tipped out. It's Price Kent, and uh, and often when they don't turn up first on debut and they ever spill, sometimes you'll get a ridiculous price. And what the market told you first up was that it had talent, didn't turn up, and then they come back and they're a better horse. Yes. Yeah, so okay, that trial was done. Yep. Yeah. So pretty much all the trials from six onwards. We're uh, done. Yeah, so I'm looking here. Mm. Around a minus 1.5 for the jump out at 800. Could be as bad as a minus 3 if I look at the variance, but definitely not better than a minus 1.5, which is which is sort of if I'm, if I'm sitting back and saying, okay, well, that means you're expected to go beyond your current profiles. Yeah. That's what it indicates to me. Are you going to go and score a benchmark performance? Jeez, oh, I'm too. I'm, I'm not very confident <laughs> in, in predicting that, Ralph. All I know is that you should improve on your minus two point seven range. Yep, and you should be heading, in my view, somewhere between minus a half and minus one point five. All right. Well, we'll rush that race because there's not, not a lot to talk about. But the Queen of the South uh, Stakes in uh, race six that is a cracking race. It, it always is, you know, particularly with the uh, good stables and good mares uh, being targeted here with the with the black type on, on offer uh, and a big field too, which uh, also gives us a bit of clarity when uh, when it comes to some confidence speed wise. Uh, you're expecting Watson by and Sparkle to take it up. Well, it looks that way, Ralphie. When I say it looks that way, I sort of probably got a slight leaning towards Waltz on by actually owning the front from Sparkle. And what's that mean speed-wise? If Waltz on by can run to its, what I'm predicting and forecasting for this horse to run somewhere between plus three and plus four, then I definitely feel the horse will own the front and probably be a bit of a negative for Sparkle. If not, and this will all be just ground conditions wise, and they sort of go a lot closer to sort of plus one benchmark, then there will be a bit of a tussle between the two of them who will own the front. You've ended up with, with her on top. Uh, my query with Watson Buy is if she runs a strong mile, but then when I see the Peter Moody stable decide to <laughs> keep her going at a mile, I don't want to argue with Peter Moody. So what, what's your what's your either or scenario with her? Well, I just looked at that Mornington run last start. That's the first. But we can't sort of compare from the campaign before on that heavy track. All we can say is if it's heavy, hopefully they'll scratch it, right? Yep. But maybe they won't because they travelled all the way there. It's 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 WTI's pretty poor. But the reality is this: if I look at that last run at Mornington, four point eight lengths below benchmark first section, minus one point one between the eight and the four hundred, did break benchmark overall last four hundred. A little bit of a taper. At the end, and you can ask yourself the question, okay, is that conditioning or distance? Because the taper was around 1.6 lengths. I only have to peel back the run before Bendigo. Clear sign to me that that was still conditioning, Ralphie. That this horse is still coming to the top of its game. And I felt that the horse went into that race race slightly flat as well. Big chance yeah, to rebound. And, and looking at the different speed profiles, Linda Meach has come off a big warnable week. Yep. And Peter Moody's elected to put her on. And she's gone, what, almost nine lengths uh, slower race to race at Mornington over racing. Maybe maybe this is the key that 
put Linder on, let it, let this filly roll, and then make, make him really chase behind you. No doubt. And I only feel the, the only negative I see for this horse is the ground condition, really, Ralphie. That, that's all. Other than that, it's worthy of a genuine top three contender. Well, that's interesting because it's about $12. So there's, there's one thing to put in your thoughts. Um, so the favourite's Foxy Frieda. She won this race last year. Sorry, she didn't win this race last year. She ran second in this race last year to uh, Silent Sovereign, whose jump outs have been terrible. So uh, probably isn't a factor. But synthetic hoof filler off. And very good at Bendigo uh, last start and probably even better than it looked because it was a pretty hard day to run down those leaders and uh, she produced a really big mid-race squeeze and finished by looking at these uh, at your data. Yeah, it was huge, Ralphie. That sort of gave you the confidence. They they had this horse, you know, really wound up beautifully and I love the fact that it's 35 days off. Just a little query for me is, I may be wrong here, but is this horse best performance is going to come on good track? It's hard to to know right yeah can handle some given the ground so i'm not going to sit here and say this ca- this horse can't handle the ground i don't believe here we've got a five-year-old now have we really seen the top of this horse i do mark it from a overall class category wise that it's it is somewhere between plus a half to plus one range maximum right now without giving it a ceiling so i, I sit back and say okay the market have got it on top probably I'm not saying deserves to be there, but I understand why it's like at the top of the market. Is it what five dollars the field? Uh four fifty, but yeah, yeah. probably get out to five dollars by tomorrow. That's about yeah. right, Ralph. Yeah. For uh, you know, I sort of I look at this horse and say sixteen hundred meters golden. Maybe tomorrow morning. Let's just see how much rain falls. That that's going to be the key. Yeah, well, I suppose that, and that now also because you got uh, at this stage second most Vance Bell plus here, her win last year, uh, and she ran fourth in this race last year, and then she won over a mile, same track, same distance. If she brought that win here, she'll be winning this because that was dynamic. It probably flattened her for the campaign because then they set her to Queensland, but that showed you her what her true talent level is. It's quite good, but it seems like at her best on on good ground. That's it. Race shape wise, golden position. They say that, you know, races are usually one, you know, if they're run to suit, this horse gets that. Right. Now, it just needs one more checkbox, and that is we need better ground. Again, this is not a horse that can't handle any given the ground, but it does come off a length or two. So this will be the key. So right now, I've pinned the horse, but this this is the, this is the grade of the race, Ralph. You know, it's half length below benchmark, and that's roughly what you need to get on the podium. <laughs> well, I'll get you to compare the Morphville track with the Parks track here, because a horse that we put a big sizzle on was was cast, and when we started our South Australian sizzlers, this was a dynamic win. She's lightly raced, and with Team Hayes that keep getting it right at the moment. Wow, I am a little bit surprised about like I marked it. Firstly, I just went off the first up run at Sandown over 1,300 metres, which in my way is a little bit rude in the sense that will the horse be flat or not? That that's that was my caveat. But if this horse isn't flattened by that last start run, because it was massive, absolutely massive, if it runs to that, we've got the winner and the horse should start even money. <laughs> not, not even maybe, right? Absolutely. But we don't have all the elements working in conjunction. Number one, I have no problems at all with the horse handling some given the ground, none. If it's heavy track, I'd be worried. But if we're S7, S6, 
pass mark for sure. Just the query is going to be, are you flattened? I mean, have a look what it did. Plus 6.1 through the first section. Between the 8 and the 400, still travelling 1.6 above. That's a slowdown. And then finished off the last 400, 2.9 lengths faster than standard, giving, you know, they would have been, you know, absolutely smiling. Best of the day, Rolfie. Hard to hard to fault that run. All right. Well, obviously, we need a bit of either or with the ground conditions by tomorrow. But in the meantime, the one that uh, no one's got any insight on other than yourself, Miss Uella, what, can we, what do we know about this American uh, mayor? Yes, okay. Profile's a little bit on the soft side. Yep. It is pretty much a rock-solid minus one horse. And, you know... Who knows? Could this horse – imagine if the track's really – maybe is this horse going to be a superstar? No, it doesn't look like that to me. They have targeted the right race. I reckon this is where it belongs right now, subject to the ground conditions. All right. So we'll talk business tomorrow. The Euclid Stakes will round off with uh, in race eight on the program here. Another really good competitive race. And uh, so we just touched about uh, Linda Meach on a leader. Well, we know where she'll be on she dances. Yeah, well, she's going to be right up there on the pace, if not leading, definitely stalking the speed. And I'm hoping that's exactly what happens because if the if she's able to stalk the field, probably gets the golden run as well, which will be a massive scenario. I mean, you're drawn close to the fence. So late in the day, wouldn't surprise me if they're all, you know, four or five off the fence. So you could find this horse. You know, you could find these inside runners sitting in lanes nine and ten, Ralphie. It's quite possible. But if this horse can stalk, it's probably got the the golden opportunity to get in the lanes. And, you know, have a look at the performance of this horse. It's been faultless. Like that last start just absolutely smashed them, Ralphie, and deserve to be the best of the day and only has to bring that run to win. Well, that's a nice situation to keep on side. I guess if the either or with the rain is that we, Nessie, just she seems a duck. Uh, yeah, well, she's dancers. I know if we go all the way, we have to go all the way back to her first race time. First race start, Ralphie. That ground was heavy eight. Oh, sorry, you're talking about she dances. Yeah, yeah. she's dances. Yeah, and she did produce a three point eight. Yep, on her first debut run, which could be a lot higher than that, right? So I'm, I have a level of confidence she's going to handle the ground. But now coming back to Wee Nessie as the other key runner. This was an interesting horse on the Ramwick run. Has to be the only other challenger in the race. Really, if we're if we're looking at this correctly, this is the only other horse that contested. Now, neither of them are mud runners, I believe. Right? I feel that they both can handle the wet ground. Uh, do they have a, like a WTI that's potentially being plus ten? I don't think so. Right? But the majority of the rest of the field doesn't either, and they've got the clear class edge. So I don't want to try and outsmart myself when I see this type of setup. Class plays the big role, and my view is this. Once I get beyond the top three that I've got on my grid, I'm not interested in anybody else, even if they handle the ground, because the reality is I'm either going to be on the five or the seven, Ralphie, or I'm staying out because they've <laughs> just got the dominant edge. Nice. The, the only one I will ask you about, because we spoke about Caster's Royal Merchant, back from that 1,400, that super 1,400 performance, back to 1,200, are you, are you, is your mindset that it could be a bit of a challenge having the speed in the legs? 
has to be a big challenge. Now, I'm not saying this stable can't do it, but off that profile, you got to go. If you go back, Ralphie, there is some. We got some little guidance, right? Not exactly the same setup, but go back to the twenty six to twelve twenty two, when it went round week fourteen hundred plus seven point two first section, and then backed up. Uh, was it nineteen days later? 1,300, still was able to go four and a half above through the first section. So maintain a good level of speed. But this is another 200 metres further back, and it's been up a long time. So I know this stable is capable of doing anything, you know, when I say anything. <laughs> yep. I don't like to take them on. That, that's 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 the, the fact. But sometimes I just – it's just too obvious to me that – if these guys can turn this around with this horse, I mean, I only just got beaten on the lip last start and win again at 1,200, I'd say they're geniuses. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, it sounds like you'll uh, you'll one that uh, right down the, tomorrow when we've got some clarity on the track conditions. It is that situation. So hopefully uh, you as a customer has uh, have, uh, got some insights, but uh, we just have to uh, have to use what we've got in our advantage, and that is the big update tomorrow once we uh, have some clarity on the ground conditions. Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast of the Sangster Stakes Day, Morphville tomorrow.